0: welcome everyone we are back for another amazing episode with our good friend dana abraham now she is going to be teaching us all about seven truths about preparing challenging kids for the real world which is even more important in today's day and age and i love That Dana, you are bringing a new realness to the parenting world. Let's first tell everybody about you before we dive into the subject today. Dana Abraham is an amazing author, best-selling author, and she just came out with a new book. You can see it on her shelves, Calm the Chaos. It, uh, comes out August 15th, but we can go get our copies pre-ordered right now. So it's at our doorstep on August 15th. I know mine is already scheduled to be there. Calmthechaosbook.com is where we're going to head. So be sure to grab your copy, but Dana, how are you friend?
1: I am so good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh. Like this is our second episode together and many more to come. I'm sure super excited Absolutely. to to share this because um, one of the things that I think parents need more than ever is this is not the world that we grew up in. And Mm -hmm. so how in the world do we raise our children? You know, we didn't have cell phones in our hands uh, when we were kids. So how in the world do we raise kiddos? And not to mention that, but also like challenging kids, how do we parent them?
1: So- So good to have you here to talk about this because I need help too. I am so excited to talk about this. And before we dive in, I do want to just address this word challenging, if you're okay with that. Absolutely. Um, So I consider children who struggle to make friends, struggle to fit in, um, struggle to get along with their parents or their siblings, I consider those challenging kids. Now, they may or may not have a diagnosis. They may or may not have been um, described or labeled as strong-willed or highly sensitive or explosive or any of those names um, in the past. And What I am offering here is that I actually believe that it is a good thing to be challenging when it comes to a child. And I know that it can be really hard because people are like, well, no, you have to separate the challenge from the child. And I'm like, you know, but we would never do that if, you know, we have a mutual friend and he challenges himself to uh, like climb Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, like the equivalent of Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever it is um, by climbing um you know more about it i think than i do but you know i might be messing it up but anyway they go up and down this mountain like 21 times yeah. and um that's a challenge and they 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 take that on And they choose to take that on. And it's a good thing because it pushes you to go beyond what you thought possible. It pushes you to think outside the box. It pushes you to try things that maybe you wouldn't have tried in the past or to keep going when things get really hard because you've got this end in mind. And I believe that challenging kids do that for us. I believe that they push us to be better, do better and think differently for them so that, you know, that we do change the world. And so I, I just wanted to put that out there. I think challenging is a good thing when it comes to kids. There are definitely some challenges when it comes to raising challenging kids. Um, but I just wanted to share that, uh, that part.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Um, my own son, as we know is autistic too. And so it's one of those things where you cannot separate the two. And I love that, you know, taking it on as a challenge ourselves as parents helps us to become better. So Mm -hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And instead of seeing it as like a burden or seeing it as something to cure or fix, it's let's, let's see our kids from their perspective. And that's what these seven truths are going to be a lot of instead of the, the hacks and the skills or in the, the, Tips. Um, I actually don't believe that's how we create sustainable change. So the things that we're going to be talking about today are some mindset shifts and a way of approaching parenting just from a different angle and with a different end in mind. Oh, I love
0: that. Let's dive in. All right. We got seven Same. truths coming to us. And I love yeah. to use the word truth. Love that.
1: Yeah. So the first one uh, and the, where this comes from is there is a lot of worry and concern and fear when we have a kid that doesn't fit the mold, when we have a kid that struggles to listen to authority, when we have a child who um, beats to their own drum, we can see the good in that, but also we can start to um, go down a rabbit hole of fear and shame and guilt and worry and concern. And so these seven truths, it's funny, it's actually like these seven truths are almost at the very end of my Calm the Chaos book. So I walk you through in the book, I walk you through a four-step process and the roadmap to creating a family that works together and advocates for each other and empowers each other. And these seven truths are But what do we do if we're so afraid of what happens when our kids go into the quote unquote real world? Don't we need to toughen them up? Don't we need to prepare Mm -hmm. them? And so these are shifts that I have found true time and time again, after working with tens of thousands of families all across the world, all across different cultures and challenges. And the very first one is that when our kids go out into the quote unquote real world, it's not sink or swim. So it's you're most of us, and I know that you help a lot of parents or women who are creating preschools at home. And so you're dealing with three, four, five year olds, right? And so when we think of that age, especially, we can start thinking. Well, they're going to grow up and be an abuser. They're going to grow up and be violent. They're going to grow up and, you know, rob banks. They're going to grow up. We take this action that they're doing it too. We just had a coaching client just the other day who was so worried about her two-year-old toddler who had very little words, who was throwing things when he was put in timeout. And they were like, he's going to grow up and he's going to be aggressive and he's going to be a bully and he's going to just be awful. And it's like, hold on. He's too. his brain is still developing. And so (laughs) we just have to remind ourselves that it's not sink or swim. They do have us. If we're listening to this podcast, if we're reading a book on parenting, we're doing what we need to do to be there for our kids, to be their guide, to be their mentor instead of, all right, hope you do. All right. Like go for it. You know, even when our kids turn 17, 18, and they go out to the real world, there is nothing. There's no one coming to our front door and saying, all right, give up your kids. Like they got to go out there now. You know, it just (laughs) isn't like that. And we all develop at different times. We all develop with different uh, timelines. And when we're given that grace and space to grow on our own timeline, then, and we're given the skills as we have that timeline, then it's, so much more amazing things can happen. So we can kind of um, kind of just remind ourselves over and over again, it's not sink yeah. or swim. This isn't, today does not mean tomorrow. This doesn't have to mean anything. Exactly,
0: like take out the should and that this equals a certain mm-hmm. thing, just take that out. I think some of the biggest frustrations and disappointments and discouragements that we experience come from expectations. And mm-hmm. so like, what if we remove the expectation of our child- doing this at, you know, a certain age and just said, okay, like you said, every child develops at a different, it's different stage and journey. And what if we lengthen the horizon to say, okay, parenting doesn't stop at 18. Let's, let's continue with our kiddos, obviously into the many, many years um, and just view it differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the second shift is very similar to the first. It's just kind of like the next iteration. And this is just a reminder that your child is still a child. And so <laughs> when your child is arguing with their sibling, they're trying to find their voice. Mm-hmm. When your child is throwing something, they're trying to say, I'm really frustrated. I don't know how to tell you any other way. They're still navigating the world and they don't have the skills. They don't have the development yet. And so it goes back to that just because something is happening at two, at three, at four, even at 15, it doesn't mean that that's who they are as an adult or who they're going to be as an adult. They still are growing our executive functions, which are the parts of our brain that help us Organize, stay on task, uh, task initiate, um, um, manage emotions. I mean, it really affects so much of our life. That is not developed until 21 years of age. And your emotional regulation is not developed well into 25, 28, right? So even with your 17-year-olds, they're still a child. As much as they don't think they are, they are. Their brain is still developing. They are still growing and they need us to be that safe place while they're still still learning and to give them that room to make mistakes while they're still growing.
0: Well, and I think too, like you said 15 and I just like latched onto that number. If I thought of myself at 15 years old, um, let's give our, oh, can we just like, I think yeah. we just have super human expectations of our kids, but like put yourself back at age 15 and thank heavens. That's not who I am as an adult now
1: because man, right. I mean, (laughs) I think of myself even at 30 and thank goodness, I'm not the same person that I was at 30, you know? And so, you know, and then that's not even to mention what you and I both, we invest heavily in coaching and mentorship and, The amount that you change when you allow coaching and mentorship into your life. And if your child has a coach and a mentor and a guide as they're growing up, then when they become this quote unquote adult, they're going to be a lifelong learner and they're going to be open to continuing to change and continuing to develop. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we can foster that, the better.
0: I love that. Okay. Number three. All right.
1: So number three, it builds right off of the last one we were just talking about is while they're in your safe place, instead of focusing on the fear of what if, instead of focusing on the what might happen, or um what if they never learn, or how are they ever going to, any of those types of questions are deep rooted in fear. And so instead of focusing on fear, focus on skills. Hmm. So if your child is struggling to tell you that they're upset, if your child is aggressive, they're the ones that throw things, hit things, um, you know, kick, Bite any of those things, it's like, okay, what skill are they missing? How can you get curious and think, what are they missing? What are they lacking that they need help with that they can develop so that they don't need to yell? They don't need to scream. They don't need to hit. They don't need to run away. um, They don't need to lie to me. I hear from so many, and I don't know why I keep bringing up teens, maybe because I've got a, a 16 and 18 year old almost. And so they're hot on my mind right now, I guess, but, you know, I think when I hear so from so many parents of like, my kid is sneaky, my kid lies to me, my kid cheats, my kid this. And I'm like, that's because they don't feel like they can trust you. Mm. And so if we can be that trusted safe place for our kids, then we can then allow them that space to make mistakes. My son came home, he had gone on a weekend trip and, um, and I wasn't there. He was with his friends he came home and he's kind of hobbling. And I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And he's like, well, we flipped the golf cart. And I was like, whoa, why did I na- not get called by the people who were running, running the show over there? He's like, well, we couldn't tell them we would have been in so much trouble. Oh. Like we, he, we wouldn't have been able to do anything the whole rest of the weekend and so I just felt in that moment, one, super like thankful that he felt safe enough to tell me mm-hmm. the things that were going on. And then he walked me through all the changes they made so that this wouldn't happen again. And it was like really cool to see his thinking and his problem solving. We can't keep our kids from getting hurt. We can't keep our kids from making mistakes, but we can be there to help them process it and understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love you use the word curious, get Mm -hmm. curious, you know, what needs are not being met here. How can we instill, how can we help them grow trust in themselves and grow trust in us
1: as well? Love that. Yeah. Okay. So this one, this next one is might ruffle some feathers and it might make, (laughs) let's bring it on. Yeah. So this one is an interesting one. So I'll say it and then I'll try to explain it. So it is not your child's job to make other people feel better. Here's what I mean by that. We worry so much as parents. What if people won't accept my child? What if people don't like my child? What if my child won't fit in? What if my, what if people make fun of my child? What if people, all these things, right? And your child's job is to learn who they are, accept themselves, have compassion for themselves so they can have compassion for others, know how to stand up for themselves, know how to speak their truth, know how to be authentically who they are when they go out into the world and know how to say, you know what? You not liking that about me has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you and your past. And so if we can teach our children that, when children are telling them that they you know they should act this way or they should do this other thing when they can say okay, I hear you. However, this is how I process things, or this is how I need things. We're teaching them self-advocacy and mm-hmm. self-awareness at such a young age. And that self-compassion that I know you and I as grown women are still learning how to do because we weren't taught this growing up yeah. because it isn't the world we lived in. Yeah. And I just, I, I, this is the part where I get start getting excited because I'm like, if we have a generation of kids who love themselves and love others and have that compassion to understand that we're not all the same and you don't have to like me and you don't have to agree with me, but I can still be compassionate towards you. I just, I think about the change that we would have in this world.
0: Oh my gosh. I think I grew up in the generation where it was like people pleasing and like abiding by rules and just like, making sure that you fit in with the norm. A couple things that stood out to me there have compassion for themselves so they can show compassion to others. That was number one, but number two, being an advocate for yourself. Um, I know a couple adults who, um, also have, you know, they're neurodivergent, so they have ADHD or, or autism or different things. And, and these are things where now they're starting to educate others through, Hey, this is how I process things. This is how my brain works. And it's like, not every, most parents, most adults in this world don't, didn't go through like training on how to like understand a certain person that's not neurodivergent. And so the more we can help them be advocates, right. Then it's like, we are just helping. Like you said, we're just like changing entire generations. We're helping like heal the world because we're just bringing more info and education into the world and understanding and I, compassion, right?
1: Yep. And, and so that, that goes into the next one, which yeah. is all about those advocacy skills in the book. I talk about these four key elements that we need. And a lot of times parenting programs talk about this one thing, or here's the magic bullet, or you need to be more connected, or you need to be more conscious, or you need to set firmer boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way that I lay out Calm the Chaos, it's here's these four core elements that you need when you approach any challenging situation. When you are building a relationship with your kids and that's your own self, we call that the U piece, which is um, just that, that calmness, that groundedness, that being that safe place for your kid. Mm-hmm. And then connection is less about playing with our kids and more about accepting our kids for who we have, not for who we wanted. Um, The understanding piece is the part you're talking about is understanding what makes us tick, what makes our kids tick, and helping them understand themselves. Why do I do this? What are my warning signs? What are my calming strategies? What do I like? What do I dislike? Why do I like it? Why do I dislike it? And really having this full understanding of how I work versus this is, what I do. And I guess I got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then the empowerment piece is creating a out of the box solution that doesn't just work from top down, but it works for everyone involved. And so you're teaching problem solving, you're teaching these skills. And the biggest piece is when you follow those four pieces, all the way from, you know, having huge meltdowns, dealing with tantrums, to getting out the door in the morning, to helping your kid choose a college. All of those things along the journey, if you're using those four elements along the way, you will be defining and sharpening your kids' self-advocacy skills because the truth is, is they are going to meet resistance. They are going to meet people who haven't changed their mindset yet. You know, they, they're they just going to meet people that aren't yet ready to hear the things that they are, are doing. And I hear it all the time like, oh, this new generation and this is how, th-, you know, when have we not heard people say, oh, this new generation, <laughs> you know, my grandma said it, my great grandma said it. Like, I remember being like, oh, you know, and so that's never going to change. But the more the thing that can change is how much awareness and how much self-advocacy mm-hmm. we can have so that more people can start having an understanding. Like you said, you know, you know people who are neurodivergent adults. I am one of those. And, you know, understanding what makes me tick and what systems I need to be successful makes such a huge difference. Like before I do some of my podcast, I didn't for this one, but a lot of times when I go on a podcast, I'll say, you know, I struggle with word retrieval in the moment. Can mm-hmm. you do me a favor? And can you tell me a couple of the questions you might ask so that I don't have to think about it in the moment? So that's me advocating for what I need and want so that I can be successful and thrive. Mm-hmm. My daughter will be like, mom, we're going to go to this place. It's going to be really loud. I think that I should bring my headphones. I think Papa shouldn't come. I think that, you know, like all these things. And so she now not only advocates for herself, but she's now advocating for other people in the family. And all of that makes a huge difference. I saw my daughter, she's 10 and one of you know these she's got 10-year-old friends you know and they're girls and so they're going through that phase of like kind of the mean girlness stuff yeah. and so i happened to see a conversation that they had the other day and they were like you throw fits like a baby and she goes i'm sorry that i throw fits However, part of it is how my brain works. When I'm really tired, I get upset easily mm-hmm. and I try to leave the call, but you guys get upset when I leave the call. So I'm not quite sure why we're friends. If you can't accept who I am. Wow. And she is 10 years old, wow. like go team, go right. Like mm-hmm. that is what I want for all children is to be able to stand up in a way that other people can hear them yeah. so that they they're the ones creating change for their own little tiny universe, which is then gonna change the environment for others as well.
0: Well, and you talked about, especially like helping your kiddos know, like, these are the things I like, these are the things I don't like, these are the things that help me, this is why they help me. But my guess is for a fair percentage of kiddos they might struggle to identify those things without the help of parents or teachers helping to create words yeah. around the things would you be would you agree to that like that's oh, our 100% part.
1: it's not something right like children don't have that metacognition and so you know which is thinking about thinking and which is why we developed the framework the way we did is because at any stage the way you're going through it you are helping your kids identify the words that go with it the language that goes with it. the Why behind why you're doing what you're doing, because then it makes the how of everything else you're doing that much easier for them. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. All right. What are we on to number six now? All right. Yeah. Number six. So this one is just for the parents themselves. When you are raising a kid that doesn't fit the mold, when you're raising a kid that is not like your neighbor's kid, when you're raising a kid that you can't take to birthday parties or any of those things, right. Um, or that you get little stares at, you have to surround yourself with other people who get you because it feels so lonely. There is so much shame and blame and judgment in this world. And I can't make all that go away. But I do know that when I started doing this 10 years ago, I thought I was alone. I thought there was no one else out there going through this. And I started my little old blog hoping praying that I would find one other human. And I didn't find one human. I found millions. We've had over 41 million people come to the blog reading about and sending me emails and talking to me about their kid. I just got a message the other day. I just listened to the first podcast episode and I feel so seen. Mm-hmm. Everyone else doesn't understand. Nobody, they they say I'm making it up, but you literally described my life. And mm-hmm. all I'm doing in episode one is describing my life. Yeah. When we're in it, it feels so isolating. But that is part of the cool thing about the world we live in is we can be connected to someone In Australia, while we live in America, we can be connected to people who have in different time zones in different cultures, and we can connect ourselves with people who have either gone before us, and they've seen the traps and pitfalls to avoid, Mm -hmm. or they're just walking right alongside it with us. And they're just there to say, yeah, I get it, right? Like, you're not alone. And that that is such a huge, huge piece.
0: Oh my gosh. Like, I think having somebody voice what you're going through is, like they said, so seen, but also makes you feel like, okay, therefore, there must be like a path ahead. Like, I can walk this with other people. And you just, it just takes off, honestly, that giant weight off your shoulders to say, okay, I don't have to do this alone and now I can get the support I need. I love that. All right, number seven. Oh, go ahead. It
1: does a lot for for the results that we can get because hope Mm -hmm. changes our attitude, which will change the way that we respond, which will change Mm -hmm. the results we get. And so the more hope we can find, the more proof that it's possible. Yeah. the the more progress we can make. So that, that, and that does bring me to the last one, which is the hope in the fact that the world is changing. You have mentioned it already. You know, people who are neurodivergent, you know, that your child is autistic. I know that my child is autistic 10 years ago. I had to fight to understand my kid. I had to fight to find people who understood my kid. I still didn't understand myself Mm -hmm. growing up. I thought I was broken. And if you look around Everywhere you go, there is more awareness. There are more accommodations. There's more acceptance. Now we can focus on all the all the closed-mindedness. We can focus on all of the, the people who are refusing to change. Mm-hmm. We can definitely focus on that. But there is just as much, if not more, people who are accepting of a, a changing world and looking forward to a change in the world. And you and I both work online. So we know that the jobs that were available when we were kids, there, there's so many more jobs now mm-hmm. that didn't, we wouldn't have even thought possible even just a year ago. Like it's just so constantly evolving. And so when we think, oh, our kid's not going to make it in the real world, our kid's going to have to wake up at nine and clock out at five. Our kid's going to have to listen to a boss that they don't agree with. No, no. No, they're not like they can have a very successful business, never leaving their home. Like it, they can have some of the best friends in the world and they could be on the other side of the world. Yeah. Like there are so many possibilities for our kids. Now there's no better time for mm-hmm. our kids to break the mold, to break the cycles, to, to speak up, to know themselves and to, to charter their own paths because the world is ready for it right now more than it ever has been before
0: i love that i think without hope like yeah you just there's nothing right so it, yeah. it truly is whatever you focus on you're going to find so you go focus on the other stuff you're going to find it but if we focus on wow what a beautiful time we live in today you're going to find that as well i love yeah. that yeah well, nice. Well, we obviously have a couple things we want to make sure people do today. Number okay. one, we want to make sure that you listen to Dana's podcast. Okay, like that's number one. Her podcast uh, released in what was it in April May. or May? May
1: second because it it released on my birthday.
0: Ah, oh, your birthday. <laughs> that's right in May. So uh, her podcast has been going strong. It's so beneficial to listen to. Listen to. So go on any of your podcast apps and download the podcast. Calm the Chaos or subscribe, follow, et cetera. And uh, after you listen to a couple, make sure you rate and review it, you know, like five stars. Like I love your podcast. So Calm the Chaos podcast is gonna be a huge resource for everyone uh, to continue with you. But more importantly than that, now here's the big one. This is why I'm so passionate about supporting Dana is because like the books that we need as parents and teachers and educators to be able to support these neurodivergent kids just honestly don't exist right now. And so you have stepped up to say, hey, you know that number one parenting book that's like super outdated. And I mean, like, Dean, I'll ask you this. Remember the book, like, um, it's like everybody gets it when they're expecting, uh, what, to expect what to expect when you're expect expecting, you're right? Expecting. Yep. Like, that's like a gazillion years old, right? Anyways, but like maybe pregnancy hasn't changed much in like gazillion years, but parenting sure has especially with all the neurodivergent kids and how we can help them. And so her whole goal, guys, is to knock out, you know, a very outdated parenting book and put into the hands of parents and educators everywhere the actual resources that are going to support these kiddos and you, To be to be successful. And her book is coming out August 15th. It's right around the corner, like within a couple days. So you need to go. Here's how we're gonna support Dana. Okay, here's how we're gonna support her mission because we need to make sure that this book hits all the bestseller lists. So let me, before we give like the link for them to go get Calm the Chaos book, August 15th. Um tell me what it will do for you and your mission and all the kids that are not neurodivergent in the world and adults. What will it do for you if we can get this book up to Wall Street Journal bestseller, New York Times bestseller? What does that do for the world? Because it is not just like, oh, cool, I hit a chart.
1: Yeah, it's so much more than that. So when when a book hits a, a top chart, what it does is it gets more eyeballs. More people see it. They go, oh, what's this book? Yes. what is this about and so then tv shows are like hey can you come on and talk about how to calm the chaos? can you come on and talk mm-hmm. about how to handle meltdowns how to how to handle challenging kids and so then you're spreading awareness and and this you're spreading the the language you're spreading the awareness and if you ever think about okay i go to school man i wish my teacher understood my kid Having a book at the top of the list, what it does is now schools see that and they go, oh, we should order that for all our teachers or, oh, we should get this for our parents. We should do um, speaking engagements. We should spread this message far and wide. And that's what it does. Um, It's not about the accolades. I can honestly care less about the accolades. But what I care about is getting this book into the hands of every single family in the world, Mm -hmm. because I know that it'll make a difference. I've seen it make a difference in thousands of families already. And I know because it's not just my path. It's not just my way of doing things. It is a framework that works with best practices and your unique hard won experience with your child and your unique family. And so it couples those two together, making it a what to expect when you're raising a challenging kid all the way through at all different ages, all different Mm -hmm. sizes, all different challenges.
0: Oh, I love that. So this is the goal, my friends. The goal is to get her book to the top of the list. Okay. And the way we do that is to buy the book. It's very simple. Not only to buy the book, guys, you can also recommend this book to your friends and family, okay? Then that's not just a one, but that's a plus one, right? Uh so here's what we're going to do. Go to calmthechaosbook.com, calmthechaosbook.com, pre-order your copy today. At any of your place where you like to buy books, there's a bunch of different places you can buy it there. Uh and make sure that you pre-order it now so that when it launches on August 15th, it rises to the top of the charts and we are able to get this news into as many families, homes, everyone across the world. Oh, Dana, I'm so glad that you took this entire journey. This has not been easy for you. So thank you for for walking this path and helping your millions of people as well as us. And we really appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This has been amazing. And I hope that if you know, you take one thing away. It's that I want each parent to know that they are exactly the parent that their child needs and they are not failing and their child's not broken. Um, those are like the big pieces that I want everyone to take away because I think so often in parenting books and in advice, you feel that shame and blame, and that is not the goal here at all.
0: Yep. I love that. Well, Dana, you're awesome. And we'll see that book at the top of the list because we're all going to go pre-order it right now. CalmTheChaosBook.com. All right. Thank you. Awesome.